Welcome to the Make It Seem Great Again podcast. You're with your host, Corey and Joanne. We've got a very special guest with us uh, today. We've got uh, Liz here, is the assistant principal at the South Specialist School. Liz, how are you today? I'm really good. I'm really good. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate you um, volunteering your time here today. Um, so yeah. I, I met Liz actually at a at a PE PD. Uh, I um, uh, what was the name of it? I've forgotten the name of it. Um, active schools. Active, um, active, school. active schools. Active schools in uh, in Tarragon just a few weeks ago, actually. And Liz just had. Yeah. The, we were just catching up. We were just chatting. And Liz had this amazing story. So, so Liz, we wanted to get you on it and just have a bit of a chat. Um, number one was, where did you grow up? How did you end up in Gippsland? Why Gippsland? What are you, what are you doing down this way? <laughs> okay, so I work at the um, Salomon District Specialist School. Mm-hmm. I'm the assistant principal there. Um, how did I end up here? I just have no idea. I went for the <laughs> <a> job. <laughs> And I thought, hey, I'm not really familiar with Gippsland, but my brother lives at Woodside Beach. Okay. And I've always loved coming down to see him there, but that's about my experience for Gippsland. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, and besides taking school kids to a camp in Trafalgar. Yep. Um, and I just thought, yeah, I'm on a bit of a roll with a journey of life, so I'm going to go to Gippsland. Why so not? here I am. So is it just a big sea change by the sounds of it for you? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Basically, oh, yeah. well, I'm, I'm from Melbourne, down on the Bay okay. so I'm, yeah. I've always had the beach. So this is more country for me. Yeah, it's a huge change. It's a huge change. Yeah, it's a good change, actually. Good, um, excellent. <laughs> yeah, I I really enjoyed not. Well, I go back sometimes on the weekends, back to yeah. my place in Melbourne. Um, just the traffic. I'm like, wow, you know, just <laughs> things like that. Just the busyness, and here. Mm. From where I'm, I live, you know, I can just I can just walk around town. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, that's good. That's so it's quite it's a, it's a it is a much yeah. smaller pace of life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just seems so much more at ease, and people are just I, I find more friendly when I'm walking my dog. People are saying hello when I'm in Melbourne. It, it's just we're all yeah. going somewhere. Yeah. We've got to get there quick. Mm. So, are you specially trained? Like, do you have a background in special education? No. Okay. Cool. I've only ever taught um, uh, special needs. Oh, so you've only taught in that in that area? Yeah. Uh, I know, like, both of my parents I know were special ed trained and worked at different yeah. schools, but then uh, also, so they were in New South Wales Department of Ed, and at the time they had, I can't remember, they had, like, um, I think they called them IMIO classes. So they were like kids with learning difficulties within a mainstream school. And so okay. they would do their special ed, I guess, stuff within those classes, yeah. but within a mainstream school as opposed yeah. to a specialist school. Yeah. Um, you don't really, um, the special ed's more inclusive now. It's okay. called inclusive education. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm doing my master's at the moment in it. Oh, nice. So they've gone kind of gone away from the, that special ed terminology to, you know, inclusive oh, classrooms, <laughs> which, you, which we talked about the other day when we were at the the sporting, which is which is nicer that we're yeah we, we all we we see everybody's abilities yeah yeah hundred percent so um I mean uh, and we Joey and I were discussing this like most people would go through school in general and so they have an idea of how a school operates um 
Mm-hmm. What are some of the differences that you see in like the spe- in that specialist school in that in that setting as opposed to like, a mainstream school? I'm not all that familiar with mainstream schools, but from I have two daughters and them going through school, the the difference is um, we're highly based. Everything has to be about relationships. Yeah. Especially um, if we any of the kids with social emotional issues or, or have had a lot of trauma, it's all about um, relationships, and you're not going to get too far unless you have a good rapport with the children. Yeah. It goes a little bit slower than a mainstream school, um, but otherwise, it, it's same. We still follow the curriculum. We have recess, we have lunch, we have specialists. Uh, it's all just modified to cater for their needs. Do you have a higher yes. ratio of staff to students? Uh, so all our classes, majority of our classes here would yeah have one or two um, education support staff in the classrooms. Yeah, right. Yeah. They're much smaller yeah. class sizes as well. Yeah, right. So and yeah. are they capped? Is there like a, a, a number of students or a max number of students per class? Mm. No, they're not capped, but, you, you know, you would aim, depending on the needs of the children that you put in the class. So if you had really high needs, you you may have six in the class. If you had less needs, you know, you'd have yeah. 12 to 15 mm-hmm. in the class. Yeah. So all, on the whole, mm-hmm. though, then a, a, a much lower ratio of students to, te- to teachers. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do, are you, as the assistant principal, I'm guessing your role's heavily admin related, but then are you on a class as well? No, I'm just um, admin, but um, with a high shortage of teachers, I have been in the classroom quite a bit lately. <laughs> yeah, <I bet. laughs> That's hard work. That's hard work. Yeah, everybody's sick. I was sick last week. With, with, yeah, with this, yeah, today I think there was about six people away. I think it's the same tomorrow. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Wow. And if you're yeah. if you're needing people specifically trained in in um, in some of those areas, like it, it'd be very difficult to to get them. That's not Correct. like a standard casual Correct. relief teacher, is it? No, 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 no. So, um, but that's okay. We make do. We get yeah. through the day. Just keep dancing, don't you? Absolutely. <laughs> I just, I yeah. just keep smiling. <laughs> I work at a school two days a week, and um, I think I'm not a teacher, but. Um, and well-being support and chaplain, but uh, it is like sometimes you see the teachers and they're just smiling and I'm like, you got a few down? They're like, yep, <laughs> just keep going. The kids are happy. Yeah. It's working. Yeah. We get through it. Keep <laughs> you get through it. At the end of the day, it's you go good. home and you've yeah. gotten through it. So yeah, um, there's it. no point getting stressed about it or upset because you get through the day. Yeah. Yeah. No, Can I ask a question nothing. then? When you started your career, I guess, did you come like from your school education and, and knew what you wanted to go into, or was it a bit of a journey to get to into this specialist oh, yeah. field? Um, bit of a journey. I was yeah. in the police force first. Well, that I didn't was, see that coming. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Did> that coming? <laughs> That's a dog leg. Great. So, that that was my high school. That was me. I was joining the police force. Yeah. Um, my father was in the police force for a long time as well. Um, and I enjoyed the police force. But what I didn't enjoy about the police force was um, it's very reactive. Okay. So you, you're just always going to pick up the pieces at the end, especially it's yeah. changed a lot now. So, you know, <coughs> we're talking a long time ago. Um, so you would just be 
reactive and you're, there's no place to be proactive in helping people and being around people and, and creating all those relationships and stuff. Mm. So I really want and um, the areas I worked in, I really wanted to make a difference rather than yes. keep doing the same thing over and over, week in, week out. I knew the same houses I was going to every fortnight yes. on payday. Um, there would be domestic violence in that house because someone yes. was drinking, thrown <laughs> out and blown the money home. Yeah. Same children, picking them up because, you know, of different reasons. Yeah. So um, I decided I wanted to do teaching and work in this field where I would have the interactions with the people. So, yeah, so I took myself off to uni and became a teacher and uh, worked in Dandenong, the same area that I was working in the police force. But this time wow. I was working with the children and having relationships yeah. with them yeah. and making differences. That's awesome. I love that. Well, I, there's a few teachers I know that have gone, whether it's from working in the prison first or working in those defence areas, and then mm. gone, hang on, what would happen if I actually worked with the families? Could I prevent some of this? Could I actually, mm. you know, work to benefit and have a better outcome? So it's yeah. really interesting that it's like I can see more of that now as that second career change. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. massive. So how that how long were you in the police force for? Uh, nine years. Oh, yeah. And uh, so big pole, I'm guessing. Yeah. 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 yeah nice. Nice. So, so um, yeah. So now I'm here teaching. So that's crazy. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> none. None whatsoever. Life's too short that's, for regrets. That's, yeah, it's right. That's right. Love it. You so, do what you do at that time of your life. Because that's what you thought was right at the time. Yeah, yeah. And, My belief, anyway. Yeah. And uh, and I guess there's per- like if you feel like there's real purpose in what you're doing, then mm. it's not really it's not it's nowhere near as much work, is it? Like no. There's a, per- there's a, yeah. there's a purpose like in what you're work doing. Every day. Really serving something bigger. Mm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. cool. So, yeah. Liz, tell us about what you've been doing the last few years before before. You got on the got in the car and came to Gippsland. Tell us what were you, what were you up to? Where were you? Where in the world was Liz? I was in Addis Ababa in Ethiopia for the last two years. And what were you <laughs> That's doing? Where I, I was setting up a school. Yeah. So uh, what's it called um, again? The last Addis Ababa. In yeah. In Ethiopia. Yeah. Is that the capital? Mm-hmm. Wow. Addis Ababa is the capital, yep. So we wow. were just on the outskirts of, of the city going into the countryside and with all the villages on the side, the smaller villages. Yeah. Mm. And you and you set mm. up a school there. So what, what's the population of Addis yeah. Ababa? Ah, look, I would have said I actually I went to a dinner here um, Tuesday night at the Criterion Hotel from Esso. Yeah. Yep. And I was talking to the guy from Rotary and I said, mm. oh, look, it, it was – it just felt like there was thousands of people there. And then he looked, one of them looked it up and he said there was only like six, seven million living in Addis. I'm like, no way, you can't be right because there's just people everywhere. Six or seven million's a lot. Yeah, no, because we have like six million in Melbourne. Yeah. But it's not as spread out. So, yeah. That, yeah. But um, overall, the, the country would have millions. Yeah. So you're on the countryside of the, of the city. Or uh-huh. heading out towards the country, and you're setting up a school there. How did how did that come about? How how do you go from being in Melbourne teaching in yeah. a specialist school in Dandenong? I'm guessing, 
um, mm-hmm. yes, to yes. going over to Ethiopia to set up a school. Yeah, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, good yeah. question. It's not like you were like on the world map and go, bing, Ethiopia. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just going to go build a school here and see what happens. <laughs> no. oh. um, a friend of, um, of mine who has worked at a lot of international schools knew a long story, so he knew someone who knew someone, but um, there's a gentleman uh, very, um, I'm not sure if he'd like to be named or not, but um a rich Ethiopian who lives in America now and he's well-established and um, he wanted to give back to his community, so he wanted to build a school. So he got in contact um, with a person who's friends with somebody I know who's worked in international schools um, to set up the school and then he was just talking about it one day when we were talking. He's from France and he's like, you know, I'd love to have you on board um, just to, for you to bring what you can bring to the school, and I thought, why not? Wow! So off I went. So within a couple of months, I was took leave from my work and packed up my life, and off to Ethiopia I went. So this wow. is like 2020, 2019. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one? Oh, hang so on. I, missed, you were- I, I missed most of your COVID. Yeah, oh. <laughs> now I don't yeah. like you. Oh. <laughs> Hang on a second. Oh, if only we'd known, if only we'd known, we would have packed up and come with you, I reckon. Oh, I know. Man. So it was just perfect timing. I was like, you, you're going to lock me down? I'm out of here. I'm yeah. going. That is amazing. Like, just so the that, timing of that. Yeah, that also gave me the push because yes. I was just like, um, of course. Um, yeah, I'm not hanging around. So, yeah. Did you yeah, feel like so, you could see what was coming? Um, no, I, I was, because I was here at the start when, you know, there's all that stuff going around about it. Um, yeah, I wasn't, I don't know. There's a lot of scaremongering, I, I felt. Yeah. With, you know, you, you get it, you die kind of thing. That, yeah. I mean, I know they didn't know much about it at that time, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I probably had different views to a lot of people about the yeah. COVID, but yeah. And hey, I'm not, like I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I yeah. <laughs> you can think. I, I thought, what does I it, just what, thought? What is a conspiracy theorist? Honestly, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just thought we were yeah, a little you have an bit idea extreme. That's else. Anyway, that's we right. Digress. That's right. We digress. So yeah. uh, basically, so you had a friend that was involved in international education. Uh, they yeah. uh, they were contacted by this uh, gentleman from uh, Ethiopia who now lives in the States. Mm-hmm. Says he wants to build a school. Yeah. And he said, "Hey, do you do you want to get involved?" He said, "Yes." So you just yeah. packed up and went. Um, I packed up and went. Where, did you have? So you've got because you just mentioned earlier you've got girls. How old are your daughter? Yeah. Oh, they're in their twenties. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. so they're they already home. left home. Yep. yep. Find the nest. So you were good to go. Yeah. Yep. I was good to go. Did you, wow. have to, did you, like, have to sell everything? Did you put stuff in storage, like? Oh, no, I just had to um, basically sell my soul to get out of the country. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's all locked down. Um, wow. No one in, no one out. Yeah. So um, I pretty much had to say I'm never returning to the country for them to let I me I was just out. about to ask you, was there, a, like, when we went into, like, going into the second year of lockdowns, was there a thought, hey, Ethiopia's home now? <laughs> <laughs> Did that ever cross your mind? <laughs> well, there was a point where I just thought, um, they're never going to have me back. <laughs> yeah. I'm wow. never going home. I, wow. There was a few times I thought that. Um, really? 
Well, just it, things from afar when you're looking at the country. It was yes. Know, it, I don't know what it was like for you to live through it, but when you're afar looking at your home country and you're seeing people locked in their homes and only allowed out for an hour mm. from afar, it it was scary. And I thought, how are they mm. ever back in? And mm. I'm in Africa where there's every you know so many diseases and different like, things happening there i thought i'm never come, they're going to never come home yeah. i'm going to have to change my nationality <laughs> wow <laughs> what a weird space to go into going oh, hey i'm on this adventure I don't know how long it's going to be to going maybe this is home now like yeah well and i thought that well, a few and times you got time. family back over here yeah yeah so mm. so wow. I, like, I, a few times I thought i'm not coming home yeah <laughs> Like, yeah, wow. Wow, wow, Okay, wow. So, you, yeah. so, you, so you go over to set up this school. Um, yeah. Have you got a building? Like uh, is it just in the village? Like where did um, you Yes. So what we did, we had a look. Um, we we spent a bit of time looking around for some sites of what to, where to build this school. But first we had to sit down and brainstorm what is this school? What What is it yeah. going to look like? Yeah. You know, what What do we want it to be? Like it was amazing because, you know, for the majority of nearly every teacher out there, you walk into a well-established school that yeah. has its culture, yeah. everything. It's been going for, you know, 100-plus years. So for us, we were creating what we wanted to create. Wow. So between Daniel, who has worked in lots of international schools, pulling in his bits. Yes, yeah. Me coming from Australia with our education system, putting in my bits. And then we also brought on board... Um, a gentleman called Juan Dawson, who is a businessman from Ethiopia, so he he would help us with all the legality of, of things that needed to be done. Uh, he worked for the Ethiopian Airlines as well, so he was quite switched on. So, yeah, so first we had to get our, like, a vision of what our school was going to be and what we wanted it to be, and then we had to find a building that would suit what we needed. But yeah. we don't have that much choice in Ethiopia, so we kind of had to compromise between <laughs> like your vision and reality. <laughs> yeah. so, um, <laughs> anyway, so we found this hospital that some people had started to build mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, so we decided to buy that. Mm-hmm. So what was originally t- to be a hospital, um, yeah, so we we then pulled the hospital apart, knocking out walls and changing it all to, to become a school. Boy. Mm-hmm. So um, wow. one... I think the idea of like starting. So, is there an education, an existing education system in Ethiopia? Like, is there any kind of umbrella? No. Curriculum? no. Oh. So there, well, are, there you go. <laughs> so there are schools there, but they don't exist under a system. Is that? No, it's really whatever you want to do. Um, depends what which local school you went to, what they would offer, um, what kind of curriculum they would follow. Um, if they follow anything or it's just whatever the, the teacher in the classroom knows to teach you, they are working on it, but um, due to so much um, corruption, it's, it's the gentleman I spoke to who's head of the education department there has a very big job ahead of him to create yeah. um, some curriculum there. Yes. Wow. So, but that, so that disadvantage, though, is a huge advantage for you because... Like the, the idea of starting from scratch and, and building whatever you want to me is like <laughs> is so cool because wow. no. I feel like you can just get rid of all the 
red tape. Limitations. Yeah, yeah. The, Absolutely. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Really so we don't in. we don't have um any department overlooking us to give us, you know, the the principles and the procedures <laughs> and the policies. We created it all ourselves. Wow. So we just awesome. took the best of what we knew or had experienced in life and we thought we'd put that together. Wow. The only thing is the lack of resources over there. So we couldn't yeah. build this amazing school, but we've built a pretty good school. Yeah. And so and what what is the vision of, of the school? Like and were you um targeting for a better word a particular group of kids? Um we just wanted children to have an education. Yeah. Number one. Yep. We wanted it to be from early years to year twelve. Yep. So we included every child. Um we wanted to kind of um follow a curriculum. Mm-hmm a set curriculum, so if any of them we could get them to year um, what we call 12, that they could then maybe apply for going to university overseas. So we wanted to, if we just made up our own curriculum, then they wouldn't be eligible to apply to go to a university overseas. So that that was part of the plan. We wanted, and we also wanted to create a space and a place that was also for the community as well. Yep. So we ended up having weekend lessons, English lessons for families, for parents, computer lessons for um, the, just local community members to come in and learn how to use mm. computers when wow. that's only when the internet was working. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, and the power. They, yeah, I was going to say, did they have like load sharing like <laughs> South Africa? Sorry? Do they have load sharing like South Africa? Because I've got friends in South Africa and they're always like, when the electricity's on, I'm like, oh. Power can go off for days. Water can go off for days. Um, That astounds me. Yeah. Yeah. And you just don't know when it's going to come on. Could be half an hour. Could be a week. Yeah. So so your your concern as to whether, uh, so probably not cooling, uh, not heating so much as cooling. Um, because you, the weather, I'm guessing the weather would be extremely hot up there, over there. Not hot, hot. Um, Addis Baba is like quite near the equator, so it's like 27, 28 every day. Oh, wow. And but humid, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I have a wet season, but uh, it will just pour with rain and then blow over and it's gone and it's 28 again. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so that's horrible. So you worry about running water, <laughs> electricity. And and uh, then back home, we're worried about other <laughs> other things. It's just crazy, other. just crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Cool. So, yeah, so you, so you start building your curriculum. So, did you pull? So, did you settle on a curriculum to build off? Yes, uh, we just started on the English national curriculum. Um, From the UK. Yes. Yep. Yes, which is very very similar to the Australian curriculum. So that suited the, the both of us, but we just thought a lot more universities going through Europe would pick up the English national curriculum more so than the Australian yeah. curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. I did say let's do the Australian curriculum, it's the best, but um, <laughs> we just thought we're, we're limiting. <laughs> we would be limiting the where they could go, really. Yeah. I mean, I know Australia is recognised in a lot of universities and our courses yeah. and stuff to go overseas, but we thought we just opened up the ball game more by saying we're the yeah. English national curriculum yeah fair enough. I love that you're looking long term for like all your pupils 
going, they are going to succeed, they are going to go to uni and if they choose to go to uni, we want to give them the absolute world to choose from. I love that. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so how, how big was the hospital like? Um, it's three buildings. Um, so we put the early years and the primary in one large building and then we split the lower secondary and the upper primary and the admin in between the buildings. So those mm. lower secondary had a whole building to themselves and then the admin and the upper secondary had a building to themselves. And um, yeah. so having kids come in at that upper secondary level, was that hard mm. work being that Correct. I'm guessing they're not uneducated up to that point so you almost got to start from the start with them? We did. We did. Wow. So the first... We, when I, the plan was it would be our um, year sixes who would actually end up doing like their year 12 there and yeah. well, they call it um, IGCSEs, mm -hmm. which is kind of like our VCAL, uh, not VCAL, you know, we do VCE, like, you know, yeah. year 11 and 12. Yeah. But they start earlier in the English national curriculum. So our plan was that our year sixes, that we took on would be the ones to sit those exams. The ones we took in wouldn't be able to sit the exams because they still had to learn how to read and write English. Yeah. So we were just setting them up to have an education, really, that yeah. they could get a job. Yeah. Yeah. Their, for those people was to be fluent in English in their reading and their writing and their mm. local language. Mm. It was important for us that they also learnt their own language. But they could all speak it, obviously, but they they can't read or write it. Yes. So that was also important for us then to do that, that they could leave and gain employment somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, so we were setting them up. Their aim was to be, you know, someone to employ. So well, what's the, what was the local, what's the local language over there? Um, the, the majority of people in Addis Ababa speak Amharic. And they also depends what tribe you're from that you have, mm. you have your tribal language. The other main one is Afana Oromo, which we offered at our school. We offered both Amharic um, and Afana Oromo, Oromia, they call it. Yeah. What are you fluent in now? <laughs> None. <laughs> I, know. I, I was just like, let's let's do this. <laughs> I tried so hard, but yeah. it's so com. It's they're yeah. such ancient languages. Wow. They were so complex. Um, yeah. Different words for male and female for everything. Yeah. So if it, I'm even saying let's have some chicken and I'm I'm saying it to you, Corey, I'd have to say it differently, chicken to you for female. Wow. Yeah. Everything, not just verbs, just. <laughs> yeah, so, park so not, only you, not only are you trying to build a school from scratch and, and build a curriculum, like you're then trying to learn a new, an entirely new language with culture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's well, well, culture well. probably more of them than language. But um, yeah. yeah, a lot of them speak a lot of English. So mm. that, that was very handy to get by. Mm. So mm. Um, were you able to go in and just recruit a whole heap of people? Did you? Were you training people on the run? Like We employed some international teachers to come and help. We wanted a variety from different places to bring something special from their country mm. to yeah. our school. And we all, but the majority of people that we employed are locals because it was really important for us 
that we keep our school part of the community mm. and we're employing local people and they will have a good job. Mm. So it's also then something for our students to aspire to that they too can have a good job. Mm. Yes. So right. we trained up a whole lot of local people. We interviewed them. We went through resumes, their what previous work they had done, their, their language, um, how good they were with the English, all of that sort of stuff. Mm. And I have to tell you, we've got some amazing teachers there. Really? Yeah, oh, amazing. That concludes part one of the chat with Liz Jeans. Tune in next week for part two on Make Gippsland Great Again. Thanks for tuning in to Make Gippsland Great Again. You can find more great podcast content on all your good podcast providers such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Podbean. You'll also find us on TikTok at Sale Community Connect and... And Instagram. See you around, Gippsland.